Well, hello and blessings to every one of you. Typically, we take the message from Times of Refreshing on Monday night and make it available to anyone here and our teams overseas. However, this past Monday night, Jesus graced us with an uncommon realm and the sharing of an uncommon realm of the supernatural. And that was for the people who were there that night. However, the revelations of the word that were shared, he asked if I would record them so anyone who was hungry could come and eat. So thank you. Let's share the next few moments together. And may the Spirit of God come over you powerfully as you step into the 360 degrees of your full identity. The love that Jesus has for us is unfathomable and is only equaled by his humility in the invitation that he gives to all of us to be in his image, to follow him. When Jesus walked this earth, he came as a child, utterly dependent, utterly dependent upon Mary and Joseph. And then when he became a man, he chose to remain a child. So Jesus lived as a man-child, as he said so often, Oh, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what the Father tells me to do. And he stayed into that identity of being the Son of God, Son of Man. And yet when he walked this earth, he walked in uncommon authority. The people were amazed. But when they asked him about it, in John fourteen ten, Jesus says, Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have authority. That's not mine. That's my Father's authority. And in essence, I steward it at his bidding. And then after he went through suffering, the cross... The resurrection, he comes back in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, and says, All authority and power is mine now. In essence, now I am the king. Now I have all authority and power. And in Revelations nineteen sixteen, it is said he is the king of kings. A man child, a king. And then as we look at the 360-degree identity of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews steps up and does something that no one else in Scripture does. He stands as the guardian of truth, reaches all the way back to Genesis, all the way forward to Revelations, to show that you cannot separate the Old Testament and New Testament. You cannot separate the old covenant and the new covenant, that it is a progressive unveiling of his heart of love and an invitation that is beyond comprehension. As we talked last month, in Genesis 14, 
a mysterious figure emerges. And after Abraham has fought with the kings of this world and miraculously his servants that were trained defeated armed soldiers and up out of the desert comes a king and a priest named Melchizedek and he comes to Abraham. Abraham does not seek him out. He pursues Abraham. He holds out the bread and the wine and a blessing from God and says, will you take this, Abraham? Will this be your sustenance for life? At the same time, a king of the world was standing beside Abraham going, I'll give you all this wealth. And Abraham had a choice. And he did something quite irrational. He renounced the wealth of the world and he chose the power of the bread and the wine and the blessing. And once he received it, he immediately gives a tithe to express his gratitude. David mentions Melchizedek that the Messiah will be of his lineage. But no one knows who Melchizedek was. Was he Christ appearing in the Old Testament? Was he? We can't fill in the gap because God never said. But the writer of Hebrews comes as the guardian of truth and unveils heaven's plan. And he says, Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. And he reveals to us that no one in the earth knew where Melchizedek came from. They didn't know his parents. They didn't know his beginning. And nobody knew what happened to him after this or his ending. It's just this one appearance. And he says, you know, the priest of Aaron, it depended upon their lineage and who they knew and who their parents were. But Melchizedek was chosen by God. And the writer of Hebrews says, just as Melchizedek had no beginning and end, neither did Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews connects Genesis to Revelation as one story as he details revelation after revelation that all that mattered to the priest was the power of the blood. And that the reason Jesus is exalted in heaven as the high priest of all priests is because of the blood. He was a child, a man-child, one under authority, becoming a king of kings. He rises to be the high priest and now he is interceding over every one of us and over the entire world and the writer of Hebrews says even now chapter 7 verse 25 26 Jesus is the high priest interceding in heaven for every one of us and then when we move to the book of revelations chapter 19 and 22, we come to the closing of the circle of Jesus' 360-degree identity. 
and he is exalted as the bridegroom. And hidden among the waves and the movements and the rhythms of revelation is this message that Jesus stepped into his 360-degree identity because he surrendered to the glorious one. He was willing out of love and trust to surrender to the glory of the Father. And then Jesus looks at you. And even in this moment, he says, open your eyes, open your heart. See the bigness of what I'm inviting you into, what I purchased for you. I have given you a 360-degree identity. John 1, 12, come. I've made a way for you to be a child of the Father. Romans 8, 1 John 3, behold, how awesome, how awe-inspiring, what a wonder it is that the Father has made you his child. And then he turns and he says, my identity as a king of kings, I invite you to be a king. And just as in Exodus 19, when the father invited Israel to be his kingdom of priests, to reconcile and to heal the world. In 1 Peter 2, he turns to the believers in Jesus and says, there's an honor waiting you. Will you be his priest and love this world to him? And then in Revelations, he says, oh, that group, the ones that have washed their garments in the blood of Christ, that's his bride. When Ezekiel is describing the third temple in chapter 41, he describes that the building for the kohanim, or the priesthood, has a spiral staircase. Very prophetic. Perhaps there have been times in your journey when you feel like you're going in circles. You're not, my friend. You're climbing a spiral staircase going deeper in your 360-degree identity in Christ. The child inside of you at first is so thrilled to be a son and daughter and the orphan spirit falls off. And now it's like, oh, I have a call and I have this. And that's wonderful, delightful healing. And the father delights on you and in you and over you. And But then as you grow, you become in your spirit a man child or a woman child. It says, oh my, I love the Father. I love the Father. I'm secure in his love. 
And when you're first that child in the kingdom with youthful passion and you go, I have authority. You almost want to take authority over anything and everything that's contrary to good. And yet, as you walk that spiral staircase, you move into the authority with the heart of Jesus that says, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's not my authority to steward. I step in and release his authority in the world as he invites me. And when we're just beginning the journey, we honor the blood, we honor the cross, but sometimes we quickly move on and think, wow, look at this revelation about this and this about this. And But the more you walk the spiral staircase of growing with him, the priest inside of you is awakened. And you realize there never has been and there never will be a higher revelation than the power in the blood of Christ. And you awaken that you live by eating his flesh and drinking his blood. You awaken that you are in the lineage of Melchizedek and Jesus the high priest because your spirit had no beginning It's been with the Father before it came here. And your spirit has no end, for you shall dwell in the eternity of eternities. And just as Melchizedek brought the kingdom of God down to the battlefields of this world, and just as Jesus walked bringing the kingdom to earth, that's your call as a priest. Whether it's in ministry, Walmart, or to your grandchild, By the power of the blood, you bring the kingdom. The priest ascends on that spiral staircase to know that they know that they know that they know that identity and maturity has nothing to do with works, even results, or study. It's the same path Jesus took. It's all about surrendering to the goodness of God. And that we live, we exist, we move, and we have our identity in this world by the goodness and the glory of God. You go around and around that spiral staircase, higher and higher as a man-child, a woman-child, a king, a priest, And you circle around with every season going deeper and deeper into closing the circle of your identity as you and I mature into the bride. The bride knows with ever-increasing humility and wonder. The bride knows that the value of the bride is related to the dowry paid for her. That was Middle Eastern culture, and that was the Jewish culture of our Savior. And the dowry paid that made you a bride is the blood. So the bride knows 
I, I have nothing to bring to the table. I'm his eternal spouse by the blood and by grace. And the bride has walked that spiral staircase of maturing and deepening in life to the point that the bride has moved into the of courseness of God. Where faith is not a leap, faith has just become a fact. The bride matures to a point where it's just known. Of course he is good. Of course he is faithful. Of course he's loving. Of course he's sovereign. Of course, of course, of course. He is all marvelous and comforting and present. And questions are just nowhere to be found. Round and round the spiral staircase we grow till at some point we're so sure he has our desires and dreams that we are consumed. In prayer and love and passion, we are consumed with the bridegroom having his desires fulfilled in the earth. It's all we live for. And as we go round and round that staircase, we realize that none of us are to be alike. There's no one ministry that everybody should be doing or one way to do it, but that the beauty of the sovereign God is manifested in the differences and the uniqueness and the creative beauty that only you can bring to the earth and that there's no one else on the face of the earth that can release the 360-degree identity of Christ like you can. And that one way of releasing it is no better than the other. There's equal honor in the kingdom. We're all one family. And no church is higher, better, more mature than another. We're all releasing him at different heights and realms on that spiral staircase. And we need every rung of that care, every rung of that staircase released. And that oneness is his passion. We grow in awe that we have been invited in to a never-ending, boundless, 360-degree identity the same as Christ himself. Child to man, child, woman, child. Authority under him. A priest in his lineage. A bride. It is revelation. You see, revelation cannot be placed into definition or bullet points. That's like putting God in a cattle chute and we're driving him through because now we've defined him and we got bullet points. Revelation is seeds of life that never end. 
There is no end to this spiral staircase. There is no end to revelation of what it means to grow into a man-child and a woman-child and what that realm of dependence looks like. There's no end to carrying his authority yet with the honor of always waiting for his voice. There's no end to being guardians of truth, of the power of the blood and the lineage of the priest. And there's no end to sometimes being face down in the carpet that he would say, by the blood and grace, you are equally yoked with me. Be my spouse. So I pray the picture of Romans 5.5 over you. It says, hope is not left ashamed because, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And the Greek is a wonderful picture language as is Hebrew. And it says, your hope will not put you to blushing or make you feel deceived. Like you're believing, but nothing's happened. Because... God will shed. And one of the words in the Greek for that is he will gush like a flooding river. He will gush. Not just his love, but that Greek word also means a love feast, a buffet, an endless buffet of all the ways he longs to love you. And yet it is received by only one venue the Holy Spirit. So I pray even now that if you feel hope has left you with questions and longing, or maybe you hope to just climb this spiral spiral staircase with passion with him, I pray even now the Holy Spirit will gush you like a mighty river just gush you with a love feast of God. Surrender to his glory, his goodness, dear ones. And you will climb that spiral staircase into your 360 identity. O Holy Spirit, give them the power to receive all the love he has for them.